Welcome back to the Whalen Rat Detectives podcast, part two of episode two, A Case of Pirate Ancestors. Let's continue the sleuthing adventure and pick up where we left off in part one. Amico, have you completed your research on the exact location of Yolanda's cottage up in the sporadic hills? Sure thing, boss. I've cross-matched her address with three different navigational tools at my disposal and nailed down her exact location in relation to Dead Man's Drop-Off, the steepest and highest and most dangerous cliff on our island. If we can get to this drop-off, the rest is easy. Little buddy, sounds like you've done your homework. I'm proud of you. So, how do we get to Dead Man's Drop-Off? I have no idea, boss. Keep walking and don't look down. Amico, daggone it. I was proud of you. Now I have half a mind to throw you overboard as soon as we get out to the salty sea. You have a habit of- Relax, Skip. I have it all covered. I have control points nailed down between here and Yolanda's house, so finding her will be a breeze. Well, okay then. In light of that, let's say we head down to the marina to board the Lazy Tuna and begin our pirate adventure. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh, where'd Colin go? He's in the client bathroom, Skip. And while he's in there, just let me put my pirate patch on for the full effect. This'll really impress him. What do you think? Miko, where'd you get that silly patch? You look ridiculous. It's made out of cardboard. Gee, Skip, I got it out of a box of my favorite breakfast cereal, Silly Seahorses. You get a big crunch in every bite, plus swell prizes. I love that stuff, and I love this pirate patch. I've been saving it for just the right occasion like this. Hmm, one of these days, Amico, you're gonna have to start acting your age. I just hope I'm around to see it. Now here comes Colin. Put that silly thing away. Hey, fellas. <clears throat> All right then, boys. Let's head down to the dock and shove off. The Sprocket Bay is calling us. The boys, along with Colin, head for the lazy tuna. Stan Kenley stays back in the office to field any calls. He plans to keep tabs on the local burglaries that have just popped up. The weather looks great, so the trip to Sprocket Bay, though quite dangerous, should be manageable. After all, Jacques and Amico have sailed the lazy tuna under the best and the worst conditions, and they've always reached their destination intact. This trip would be no exception. Welcome aboard the lazy tuna. Make yourself comfortable, Colin. This will be an interesting journey. It's going to get a little rough at times, so I'd say better buckle up. Ah, Jacques, the idea of an adventurous life on the seas appeals to me. You can get away from it all out here. You and Amico have quite a lot of seafaring experience, and from what I hear, you really enjoy it, don't you? Jacques and me on the sea? That's the way it should be. Why, we feel more at home out here than anywhere else I can think of. <laughs> That's right, Amico. I'd say square dancing at Uncle Harry's hee-haw house might be a close second, but all joking aside, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than out on the sea with my little buddy Amico. Let's sing that buddy song, Skip. We travel the seven seas, my little buddy and me. We ventured near and far, and never set foot in a bar. In a bar? That's right. That's bizarre. We're just at night.
That's right, our ship was tight. We would sail all through the night. That's just who we are. That's just who we are. Hey, fellas, what's all that white water turbulence up ahead? Are we sailing through that? Yes, sir, Mr. Collin. That's what the folks around here call the Spinnaker Splinter Maker. If you can sail through this section of thrashing currents and hidden rocks without your ship being reduced to a pile of wooden shards, you are world-class seamen. And that's just who we are. Boys, I had no idea we'd be navigating through this kind of turbulence. I'm not used to it. Oh, not to worry there, Colin. We'll get past this soon and on to calmer waters. You boys seem to be unfazed by adversity. I'm truly impressed. Jacques and Amico safely and deftly navigate their way through the churning Spinnaker Splinter Maker and are now sailing smoothly as they approach the old dock at Sprocket Bay. The dock looks to be abandoned like no one has been here for many months. The deck boards are in sad shape. Some are missing and some ready to fall into the water. And so the boys make their approach with great care and a slight sense of apprehension. Hey, Skip, this looks rather creepy over here. Are we okay docking the lazy tuna while we trek up into the sporadic hills? Amigo, I think we'll be fine. Let's go over and find out if old Brandon Brackenroot still lives in his cabin on the east side of the dock. I think Brandon might be willing to let us use his U.S. Army surplus jeep to make our way up into these hills. Brandon is a first-class mechanic, and he loves to collect old vehicles, so I'm sure we can get some help from him. Great idea, Skip. Last time we saw Brandon, he had just gotten back from a trip to the Galapagos. Remember he sailed there in the one-man submarine that he built out of spare washing machine parts? That's right, partner. He could take that thing 200 feet down while washing a load of dirty socks at the same time. What a seaman. Yeah, I remember he brought that cool bird back. A big booted floozy named Francesca, wasn't it? The two of them were quite a pair. Uh, excuse me there, amigo. I think you meant to say blue-footed booby. They're rare but fine species in the Galapagos, just like our jellyfish here in the Banyans. Well, let's head over to Brandon's and see if we can round up a capable vehicle. The boys and Colin head over to old Brandon's cabin and are lucky enough to secure a four-wheeler for their journey into the hills. They all climb aboard and head up into the hills, hoping to visit Yolanda. Jack, are you sure you can operate this contraption with your peg leg? I would be happy to drive if you like. Well, thanks for that, Colin, but I'll be just fine. This peg leg of mine is just as good, maybe even better than a real leg. I have total control of this vehicle. Oh yeah, I can vouch for that. And man, are we moving up this old mountain on peg leg power or what? I rarely get to enjoy the scenic part of the island. I forgot how beautiful it was. This sure puts me in a good mood, Skip. Do you remember that old moving on up tune we used to sing? Oh yeah, amigo. I can just hear the old whaling rat house band cooking on that thing. Those pop pirates really knew how to get everyone singing. kind of music, amigo, and we are moving on up this mountain. Skip, quick, turn to your left. You're within inches of going down over the side of this drop-off. 
You're way too close. Calm down there, amigo. Don't worry. I've got eyes in the front, the sides, and the back of my head. I can see it all from where I'm sitting. Yeah, well, from where I'm sitting, I thought we were goners. Just up ahead, there should be a turnoff to take us the last mile to Yolanda's cabin. Let's keep this adventure moving. According to my calculations, we should be very close to our destination. Straight ahead, then a right, two lefts, another right, a big dip, a flat tire, huh? and we're there. A flat tire? Sorry, Skip. Just wanted to make sure you were paying attention. Oh, brother. Okay, lads, just a heads up. When we get there, please let me do all the talking. Since I'm a distant relative, I think I have the best chance of dealing with Yolanda. Amico, did you hear the man? He wants to do all the talking, so let's try real hard to respect his request, okay? Oh, I won't say a word. You know me, Skip. I'm always good in a crunch. Well, little buddy, the only crunch I know you're good at is eating that breakfast cereal of yours. Yes, yeah, Skip, and don't forget the valuable prizes inside. I hope you're not going to bring up that eye patch again. Heads up, everyone. Looks like we're here. The jeep pulls up to Yolanda's cabin. They all get out and slowly walk toward the cabin door on the front porch. No one knows quite what to expect. Oddly enough, music from the Grateful Dead's third album can be heard inside. A parakeet is making intermittent chirping sounds. Papers can be heard blowing off a table as the breeze passes through open windows. A shortwave radio is blurting out the sound of a gentleman extolling the virtues of Marxism. Marxism? Who hired this narrator anyway? He's stealing the show at the most exciting part with his over-descriptions of the scene. The only Marxism I want to hear about is a joke from my old friend Groucho. Sorry, I didn't have much to say up to this point, so I decided to ad-lib a little. Is that so bad? Hmm, I see. Well, please just stick to the script, man, or this is your last episode. Yeah, you're distracting us from our investigation. <clears throat> uh, the group enters the small cabin, and immediately they find Yolanda lying there in bed. Her breathing is labored, and she does not look too well. Yolanda, hello, my dear. We've come to visit you to make sure you're all right. I'm a distant relative of yours, believe it or not. It's so nice to see you. How are you doing? Yolanda murmurs something in a low, inaudible voice. Finally, the word relative is heard, and she perks up with a, uh, huh? That's right, cousin Yolanda. I'm from the Crust Caker family and I live in America. My research indicates that both you and I are distant relatives of the pirate Jean-Paul Lafitte. I just had to come and meet you. Lafitte? Pirate? Treasure? Yes, dear Yolanda. Do you know anything about Lafitte's treasures? Is there anything buried on this island? Where's my dog, Skipper Magoo? Is he okay? I haven't fed him since 2013. That's okay, Yolanda. You rest a bit, lass. Just relax. Miko, my good buddy, what's going on? Are you okay? What the others aren't aware of is that, strangely, only Amiko is hearing the voice of Magda the Sea Witch saying this to him. Amiko, stay in the moment and be very careful. Things are not as they appear. Amiko, what's gotten into you? You're not making any sense. Skip, skip, 
I just heard Magda talking in my ear, even though she's not here. She's saying we need to be very careful, and things are not what they appear to be. What does she mean, Skip? I don't know, my mystical buddy. Sounds like Magna had you speaking in some kind of tongues. Enough of this daft nonsense. I want some answers now. Ooh, take it easy there, Colin. Now we're trying to process this new information. Where are you going, Colin? Colin walks back to Yolanda's bed and begins questioning her again. His voice seems to be changing as he becomes agitated and more aggressive with his questions. Yolanda tries her best to respond, but she appears to be losing consciousness. I need to get some answers and I need them now. I don't have time to waste. You must pass the time and it will turn up. What is that load of crap? It makes no sense to me, old woman. Shh. Come closer. Huh? Shh. But closer. Schmuck. Well, Skip Collins seems to be turning into a bit of a monster. A monster schmuck. It seems so, my little buddy. And boy, do we need to take control of this situation in a hurry? As Jacques ponders his next move, Magda appears out of thin air and immediately starts to comfort old Yolanda. Colin and the boys are taken totally by surprise by this. They're there now, Yolanda. Don't you worry. Everything will be fine. I will see that any treasure in your property will remain on your property. And as for you, Colin, I see you for who you really are. Haggis McPatch! <gasps> Say what? Skip, Colin's real name is McPatch, and he doesn't even wear a patch. Not now, Miko. That's right. Haggis McPatch, the time-traveling pirate of the Highlands, an enemy of the pirate Jean-Paul Lafitte. How did you figure that out, you crazy sea witch? I'm afraid your thieving reputation has preceded you through all of time. Your bitter, jealous soul could never rest until you stole Lafitte's missing plunder. Well, I'll be a petrified barnacle. So you managed to worm your way forward to this place in time and hound poor old Yolanda into revealing the location of her pirate ancestor's hidden treasure. Well, not on my watch. And who died and made you the master of time and space? I just serve the needs of the present moment. Isn't that right, Amico? No doubt about that, Magda. Arr, if we were on my ship, sister, you'd be walking the plank right now. Don't sister me, my devious imposter. When you materialized from the time-space wormhole, you left a ripple throughout Pitipat, Ohio, and my contacts there communicated with me about it. I tried to alert Amico psychically, but I feared my message was not understood. So I decided to come in person to dispatch you forever, Haggis McPatch. Now let's see if we can get you back in time to your old ship, alone and empty-handed. Oh, Haggis McPatch never wore a watch, a pirate untethered by time. Now we send him back with an empty sack, no treasure to show for his crime. Be gone, be gone, be gone, McPatch, be gone from this place and time. And with that, Magda proceeded to wave her hand ever so eloquently, and Colin disappeared in a flash. Wow, Magda, how did you do that? Colin, uh, I mean, McPatch is gone. 
I guess he's not in the moment anymore, is he? That's right, my little friend. Gone. Never to return to our island or any island again. Well, thanks for that, Magda. Well, you could have knocked me down with a peacock feather when I watched you confront McPatch and send him packing. I think we've seen the last of him. The pirate McPatch, a clever scallywag, managed to use a loophole in the time-space continuum to funnel through Pitterpat, Ohio, and time-skipped centuries robbing at will. But McPatch met his match indeed when Magda the Sea Witch arrived. She sent him back through the wormhole to the 12th century, where he stayed forever, locked in time. By the way, Jacques, I think you'll find all the cash and jewelry stolen from our islanders has been restored to them instantaneously. Well, Magda, that's going to make many islanders very happy. Why, that ancient and ruthless pirate seems the type to steal gold trinkets from his own granny. That's him to a T, Jacques. Yeah, and that creep McPatch cheated us out of our own detective fee. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Now, let's see if we can get Yolanda some help. It looks like she's been neglected for quite a long time. Outside Yolanda's cabin, we now find Amiko rooting around in the garden. He must be hungry. Hey guys, I was just wandering around in Yolanda's garden, and I think I found something that'll close this case and make us all very happy. Great tell, little buddy. What is that? Remember when she whispered something about past the time and things would turn up? Well, she has the herb thyme growing in there, and when you pass the time, there are turnips growing. So I did a little digging. It looks like there's a treasure chest buried under the turnips. Good digging, partner. And mighty good sleuthing, too. Now we know why McPatch was so anxious to meet Yolanda. He did scam us pretty good about having a pirate ancestor in Lafitte. But I think old Yolanda must have known. That he was just a schmuck? A very special scamming pirate schmuck, Miko. And by the way, don't think Yolanda's just some ordinary person. It's a little known fact that Yolanda was Magda's mentor back in the day. I did not know that, Skip. That's right. I managed to get that little tidbit of information from Stan. You know, when he consulted with Magda about the case. Oh yeah, Rule 33 in our Whale and Rat Detective's Best Practices Manual. That's right. Paragraph B. Always keep Magda in the case loop because you just, just never, never know. know. <laughs> That's right, good buddy. The boys loaded up the jeep with the loot and gently placed Yolanda across the back seat. They returned to town, where she received the care she desperately needed, enabling her to live the rest of her life in comfort. There was enough money in the newly found treasure chest to support Yolanda, pay a fee to the whale and rat detectives, and provide free meals for homeless Banyanites for the foreseeable future. The whale and rat detectives were proud of the work they did to save this woman, with Magda's help, of course. And Haggis McPatch was never heard from again. All right then, nice job there, Mr. Narrator. Straight down the middle with no funny Marxist business. Yeah, good one. And if you can guess the secret void, you'll win some monkey gold from the sporadic hills of the Grand Banyan. Thanks, boys. Did you like my Groucho the Marxist imitation there, Skip? Very funny, Amico. And I think our announcer learned his lesson about who's running this podcast. And that would be Magda? Right you are, little buddy. Let's get something to eat. I'm hungry. We're in luck, Skip. I just happen to have some Trader Joe's Pirate's Booty popcorn right here. That's my favorite, Amico. Whatever you're looking for
Stay tuned for more adventures with the Wayland Rat Detectives wherever you get your podcasts.